do you struggle with where do I belong? Like, what is my purpose and place in this kingdom? Why do I feel insignificant or excluded? Have you ever thought any of these thoughts? Girlfriend, I love you. You need to listen to this episode today with my friend Kate Berkey. And we, we dive into a lot of different topics about women's role in ministry, about how to seek God's face for your purpose and what your place is in the kingdom. And so listen and spend the next few minutes with us, encouraging, loving, and equipping you to find that space. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. We are here with my friend, new friend, but instant friend, Kate Berkey. Kate, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you and to start this conversation. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm already having fun. (laughs) So glad. I am. Okay, so I already read like your official bio, right? But We are going to talk about a topic today that you are sharing you're so passionate about, and I am also so passionate about women in the kingdom. But first, if you want to share like part of your story to give us context and like background of who's Kate, you know, other than her like super awesome, amazing author and person bio. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thank you for all of those amazing adjectives. Um, I just need you to follow me around, okay, and bring that encouragement Deal. every day. I am. I'll be um, your personal but... cheerleader every day. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh. Same to you. Well, no, seriously, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to just have this conversation with you today. I I feel like everyone's stories has so many different layers, but just a, like a brief background about who I am. I actually I grew up in a Christian home. I, I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life. And I've just been so blessed by just my family and the um, the ways that they have helped me understand more of who God is and and just the calling that he has for all of us. Um, and so I, I went to Taylor University. I studied writing there. I love writing. And I now I'm an author, which is yes. wild. That's a dream, uh, which is crazy. I love it. But but now today, so I'm like giving you a very brief overview of my story. But now today, um, my husband and I, we, we live in Chicago here. I work with a ministry in the city um, that works with refugees and immigrants. And I also do writing on the side as well. But just so much of my story, it really focuses a lot on on caring for those on the margins, caring for those who are on the outside or who are trying to find belonging. Because I think I felt that. Like, I think all of us at some point in our life were trying to figure out, like, where do I belong? Like, 
yeah. I feel a little bit just like on the outside here, unless you're like one of those super popular kids and that was never me. Nope, not me. And so, so much of my story is is feeling that way and then just having this like passion and desire to to come alongside those who are on the margins and who are who feel like they they don't belong um and and so now that comes out in the work that I get to do with refugees and immigrants but just in this conversation that we're going to have today about women in the kingdom it's it's definitely played a big part in my life just that idea of feeling like I don't belong I I have three older brothers and so I always was like do I fit here? Like I always was trying to like keep up with them. And, and that's definitely played a ton into my story and a ton into just the passion that I carry to help women see like you have a place in the kingdom of God. You, you belong here and we need you here. We need all of your story, all of your gifts um, in this place. Yeah. I love that. I love it so much because in friends, in case you can't tell, that is what we're going to be talking about today. But this idea, all of your story, like I love that you said that all of your story, that includes the messy and the ugly and what maybe the enemy would say shameful, but the Lord says redeemed, like it includes all of it. And it's not even like, yes, we need you, but we also want you. Like we mm-hmm. want you in this party with us. We want you to know that like, and same thing with God, God sure needs us, I guess, but like he wants you. He desires you. He created a specific place for you in the kingdom. And, you know, and so I think we miss that because we're like, oh, our life has disqualified us or our mistakes have disqualified us. But that's not the case. And so as you're listening, I'm really just like, here's your permission slip. Shame off you. Kate and I are going to start talking, but like, I don't want you to think of something that would disqualify you. Instead, I want you to know that you're qualified because of Christ dying on the cross for us. Like that's the only reason for any of it really. And so, yeah, I don't know. That was for somebody because as you listen to this, just shame off you. Here's your permission slip. Whatever your story is, know that he is good and it is good and it is redeemed. And so what do you see when you say a woman's place in the kingdom? What does that mean? What do you see? Yeah, that is such a good question. And it's something that I think I've had to wrestle with for a long time. I I had this experience when I was growing up. Um, this, I'm going to like answer your question kind of in like a roundabout way. We're going to get there. But this is a conversation. So I had this experience when I was younger where one of my brothers, my older brothers, told me like just in a moment of like anger and a lot of like childish anger, honestly, where he's like, you need to learn your place. And like that that phrase that like that kind of demand or that whatever it was that really impacted me for years where I was like I need to learn my place and my place was clearly like below him um and I really like internalized that as like okay my place is below him because I'm his little sister like I'm a girl he I'm not as strong as him I'm not as whatever as him and that was something that like I have constantly been trying to fight against sometimes not in the healthiest of ways, but it's honestly like I've been on a journey with the Lord to just figure out and to learn my place in a different way. (laughs) So when my brother said it was like, learn your place. But when I hear the father say it to me, it's like, Hey, I want you to learn your place in the kingdom Mm. of God. And, and when I like this journey that I've been on with the father, that idea of my place or our place as women in the kingdom of God, I, I, 
like what you just said, it is completely defined by Jesus. It is completely defined by who he is and the way he lived when he was here on earth. My co-author and I wrote a book this last it was just published last summer. And there's a whole chapter on this, which is why I'm so passionate about it. But in that chapter, we talk about the the story of Mary and Martha with Jesus. And and that story, right, we've heard it in a lot of contexts. If you've grown up in the church or you've been in church for very long, you've probably heard it in the context of like being busy and like sitting at Jesus' feet and all of that. And that's really good. That is a great perspective to come at that story from. But I think that there's another perspective in that in which Jesus created radical space for both Mary and Martha in the same in the same home whereas Martha's gift was totally like being hospitable and being the best host and Mary was like I just I want to be in this room where I don't belong but Jesus is like making space for me to belong and so that idea of what is our place it all hinges on on Jesus and the space that he created thousands of years ago and continues to create still today. We love Mary and Martha around these parts. We talked about them a little bit at Christmas and we've talked about them since and that exactly that, like I've heard growing up in the church as well, lots of stories that sort of not necessarily like shame, but sort of like put one above the other. Like totally one is great because they're sitting at Jesus's feet. The other one is such a busybody and whatever. And I have definitely identified more as her. I love to host. I love to keep a clean house. Well, now I have four children, so not so much. But the idea is still there. But like, (laughs) and so it was, I've heard lots of stories where it's one above the other. And I love that you said that because it is. He does create, he's gifted them both. He's gifted them. And Martha was doing what she thought was needed. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't that she was doing anything wrong. She just missed the mark on sitting with Jesus. And so- And having siblings, I can totally a thousand percent be like, oh, Jesus, can you please tell her or like to help me? You know, I just totally. Yes. I love that story. And that I love that you said it's he's created a place for both of those women in the same house. Even when he corrected Martha, it wasn't like a girl sit down and shut up. It was a come be with me. Like Mary's doing the important thing because I want to be with you and I want you to be with me. It wasn't like a. But ultimately, they also both need to belong with Jesus. They both need to sit at his feet. And there's a time and place to use your to use the things that God's gifted you with to clean the house and make your guests feel welcome in context of that story, right? And then there's always time to be with him. And mm-hmm. just that's the part that I want women so badly. That has been on my heart. We're talking about like hearts, desires, and passions is like, So much so, even my post today is a little sassy in this way because like forget everything else, nothing else matters, which is such a hard concept, but just Jesus. So just sitting at his feet is enough for him every Mm. single day. And I love that the Lord is so good to us. And the more we fall in love with Jesus, the more that like, that's all we have to do is just continue to fall in love with him. And he puts the other things in place. He grows our desires. He grows our, th- our giftings. Like he does the rest. We just have to fall more in love with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love to just going off of that, like in, in that story, when Jesus is talking to Martha, right? He says that, 
that Mary has chosen the better thing or the, mm-hmm. the more important thing. So what you were just saying, right? Like it wasn't that, that Martha just should never do those things or that like, that's yeah. not okay. It was just that in that moment, there was something better and, and she missed it that day. And don't we all, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like so many days I miss the better thing. But what I also love about that story is, is in that time period, like it would have been certainly unusual, if not borderline, like illegal, almost against like Jewish law for, for Mary to be in that room, to sit at Jesus's feet with all of the men and to listen and to learn. And, and she did it. And, and, and the story says that she sat at his feet. So she didn't like sit in the back and like kind of hide. She came like right Right up to him, like right there. Right. And like, and everyone would have noticed because when you have like one female in a male, like in a male dominated room, right? Like you tend to notice what sticks out. Um, and, and I love though that Jesus didn't like push her away and Jesus didn't say like, Hey, listen, Martha's super busy. This is embarrassing. You're not actually supposed to be here. Like go over there. And I think that like that, that idea is still applicable for us today that Jesus still does create that space for us that we feel like maybe we don't belong in, but like it's exactly where he's called us to in that moment. And it's the better thing. And sometimes it is literally just sitting at his feet Mm -hmm. and learning from him and just being with him because that changes who we are. It changes our families. It changes the way we live. Um, And that's pretty radical too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in today's society, living for Jesus is completely radical. It's goes against everything the world is telling us is the norm. I just read Mm -hmm. a quote, I'm going to butcher it, but that's okay. We're going to try from C.S. Lewis. And it said something literally like 10 minutes ago before we started. And it was like, when all the people are walking, or maybe it was sheep or something, when all the animals, I don't know, are walking towards the cliff and one animal turns away from the crowd and walks the other way, he's, they're deemed radical. And I just... I had this picture of like, even in context of women, yes, in the world, like the world's going one way and the Christians go the other or whatever. But in context of women in our religious society, even there are still people that tell women what they should and should not do. You will not believe the messages that I get (laughs) as the Abundant Woman Collective from a bunch of old white dudes telling me that I should not speak or telling me that I should not do X, Y, and Z. Or even now I've seen some prominent women start to speak up and I just can't help but think, man, if we could all focus on being with Jesus and doing what it is that he's called us to do and staying in our own lane. And instead of like, yes, call out the false preachers and prophets. And yes, that's not what I'm talking about. But like, instead of like throwing rocks in my abundant woman lane, Homeboy, stay in your lane and preach to whoever you're called to preach to or disciple who you're called to disciple to. Like, that's not my lane. I'm not in your lane. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. all <laughs> could focus on that. And women, you have a very distinctive place. All throughout scripture, we see winter, women, not winter, women interwoven through mm-hmm. scripture in their big ways. Yes, you can name the Esthers and the Debras and the Marys, right? And Martha's and other Marys and lots of Marys. But <laughs> but also when Jesus resurrected, the women were there. And so mm-hmm. like you can't also deny the place that women have. But for us, how do we show up 
daily as a woman in the kingdom of God, despite what the naysayers and haters and other people are saying. Yeah, totally. Oh, yes. And I'm into all of that. And I, I think that showing up every day in my life, it has started with what we just talked about. It has started with like being at the feet of Jesus and getting clear with him about the place he's called me to and the the space that he's created for women as a whole, but then also Kate, like, mm-hmm. because God is both like very communal, right? He's mm-hmm. triune in his own self. And then there's the church, but then he's also very personal. So like, what has he called women to, but also what has he called me to? And what is the mm-hmm. gifts that he's given me? So I think like showing up in that space, it really starts well before you even enter that space. It starts before and just the solitude and the, the quiet and the, the, not the loneliness, but like the, just the being just with Jesus first and in getting clear with him. And I think like from there, man, it is just taking one step after the other, trusting that like, this is the place that God has called me to. Like it could be disruptive. It could be like what you're doing with the abundant woman and it's disruptive. Like it, it's throwing some people off and maybe it's not disruptive. Not all of us are called to like send ripples, you know, like to yeah. like that kind of thing. But like wherever we are called, we have to just continue to take one step after the other in that space, trusting that like, this is where he's called me. And if it's, if it's not, God's going to make it clear. But like, if we believe that this is where he's called us, we just got to keep taking one step and another step and trying to show up as courageously as we can. I think that that's been my, like my motto for myself recently is cause I'm, I'm actually, I'm a pretty big perfectionist. And so sometimes I just, I literally, I have to show up the best that I can in that moment with mm-hmm. the courage that I have in that moment. I'm going to show up with it and trust that maybe like next time I'll have a little more courage or next time, like I'll show up a little better, but like, I just have to take little step after little step to just to show up in the space God has called me to. I agree with everything you just said. Communal. Yes. Like women, your permission slip, women have a place, but women's place all don't look the same. I never Mm -hmm. meant for abundant women to be disruptive. And I had to actually deal with that a little bit because my heart is more like, like I'm a peacemaker. I don't want ripples. I, the only time you'll see Sam get protective is like when her mama bear comes out for her children and the people she loves any, anything else. I'm like, yeah, whatever you want. My husband hates that. I can't choose what I want for dinner, but <laughs> like anything, I'm just, yeah. Do you need help with this? Right. That's not, that's my nature. However, I have come to learn that sometimes my heart isn't to be disruptive, but the gospel is disruptive yeah. in a society that doesn't follow the gospel. Right. And so I don't want to ruffle feathers, but I want the truth of God to pierce women's hearts and for them Mm -hmm. to be transformed through conversations like this and through the gospel and things like that. However, this has also been like, for me, lots of years in the making, like my history of church and leadership and church planting, people don't see the behind the scenes, right? And so they just see this, but this has taken lots of years to get the courage to do the thing, right? This Jesus thing. But I love that you said not everyone is a disruptor. Not everyone has a stage. However, everyone has a stage because Mm -hmm. you have people following you. 
You have influence. So many times when I'm like, oh, speak the gospel, people are like, well, I'm not called to preach or I'm not called to a stage or a podcast or whatever. I'm actually not talking about that. Like I'm talking about in your home, with your children, on your college campus, in your corporate Mm -hmm. job, like whatever practical role you find yourself in right now, that is your space. That is your, your influence. That is where you get to bring the kingdom of God to you. And that, you know what I mean? Like totally not stage, like roles, wherever you are right now. And I even had this conversation yesterday where someone had asked, oh, cause I sort of, we were talking about some recent current events and I just said, you know, like it is so hard to close out all the stuff, the sad stuff in the world, but you have to focus on the thing that God has called you to, and you have to focus your eyes on Jesus and he will equip you. He will, he will give you the strength to just keep the courage to just keep walking. Right. And so when tragic things happen, it's so hard to focus on that. And she was like, well, how do I focus on that when I have everything else, like everything everywhere else is telling me about this one event. And I was like, then you turn it off. You ju- you simply focus. You're focusing and using your giftings for her is in her home. She's raising <clears throat> sweet babies. And so that is enough. Like, I hate that we live in a world that tells us that we need to be this, 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 and this. Women, you don't just get to have a job. You have to have a job, raise kids that aren't jerks, and be active in the church and preach the gospel. And you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no, ma'am, you do not have to do that. You do not have to That's do too much for anybody. Yes, for anybody. Mm-hmm. I just, the thing, the one thing that God has called you to, and for her, it's in her home. And so for you, it's writing books and doing, which I want to hear more about the Devin Oasis, Oasis ministry after, but there's the one thing that is your place right now. And for a season, Maybe later you grow into something else, but like one thing right now, what is that? Ladies listening, I literally want you to think of just one, one area of influence, one place in the kingdom that you get to show up daily in. Yeah, that is good. Can I say one more thing? Please do. All okay. the things. All the, Okay. Well, buckle in everyone. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, do it. Well, I think I'm, I'm. I'm taking back something I said because I like I take it back and I don't take it back because both of us just said like not everyone is a disruptor but I think one of the most true things that you just said was that the gospel is disruptive no matter Mm -hmm. what like the gospel is beautiful and it is life-changing and life-saving right but it is disruptive. It is not, it is offensive sometimes. <laughs> like I, so yeah. I do a lot of ministry here in the neighborhood. We work with mostly Muslim um, neighbors, and we we try to help them um, in a lot of different ways. But we also share Jesus with them, and Jesus is disruptive, and he mm-hmm. is offensive. So in in one sense, like not every one of us is called to like have these major platforms and to challenge the status quo whatever it is but as followers of jesus like we all carry this really disruptive peace with us that's also like the source of life and the source of truth and the source of love and and i don't like disrupting things either so i'm not the best evangelist on our team i'm like you guys got it i'm like <laughs> i support you go build some community <laughs> you guys go evangelize um but like 
truly the gospel is disruptive and we will we don't always like to think of it that way because it it's not that like that doesn't give us the warm fuzzy feelings um but jesus was disruptive and the gospel so much is um but it's so worth causing that disruption um and carrying that into whatever space we're going into yeah and i hate to break it to you because if we read the bible and if we know what happens to the disciples they were disruptors because they preached the truth and their endings weren't like happy and rainbow and butterflies. And I'm just going to live a long life with everything. So, you know, <laughs> at least so there's that. Have, yes, there's that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, but we have eternity, <laughs> which is all the things. But I do want to encourage you with something you said, because I feel like so many women feel this, like, I do have evangelism, like a small evangelism bone in my body. Apparently I'm on a podcast, but like, But also you said, go do the things evangelism and I'm going to go do the community. You doing the community is also evangelism. Like evangelism Mm -hmm. is how we live our life, especially now, especially with like Gen Zers, how we live our life shows and matters more than the words we speak. Because Mm -hmm. if we're speaking, Jesus loves you on Sunday, but we're a jerk on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or fill in the adjective, then our words don't matter because our our, our life doesn't reflect what we are preaching, right? We're not even listening to the words we're saying. So like building community and being with people and physically, tangibly being in the hands and feet of Jesus, that is also evangelism. That is showing people what it looks like, what Jesus looks like. That is even walking with the fruits of the spirit. That is different. That is radically mm-hmm. different than, than quote unquote normal people, right? And so that looks different. I want what that person has. I want the community that Kate has. How is so Kate so good at loving people? And then Kate could be like, because I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. This isn't Kate. This is Jesus through me, right? Evangelism, literally, if we could just knock it out and be like, evangelism is how we live our life. It's living our life like Jesus. It's telling people about Jesus. It's being the hands and feet of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different definition. I think we women get caught up in that. And I think part of it is because the world is putting identity on us and telling us this is how we should behave and what we should do and how we should, what we should say. But really, I don't know. I, we just need to tweak the definition of that because living your life is literally the example of Jesus as well. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I would 100% support just like a Merriam-Webster dictionary change. Um, I would sign any petition you have. Um, yeah. No, because I, I think that that's me. so good and so true. You had said sometimes your place in the kingdom of God has felt limited, like you needed mm-hmm. to fit a certain niche or role, but God. So, mm-hmm. but through scripture and other experiences, he's shown you things. So tell me, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I would say that the, I, so since, I graduated from college and then even in high school a little bit. I've always worked in nonprofits. There's been one for-profit um, that I've worked in and that's it. And so, and that was like a very small chunk of time. Um, and so I've been in the nonprofit, especially Christian world, my entire working career. And, and it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, when I first graduated from college, I worked at a church And especially, so a lot of my feelings of being like limited in the kingdom as a woman have come from that, those experiences of work rather than like serving at a church or 
doing missions or things like that. It's been working in those nonprofits. And I definitely, 100%, while I was in that job, got like pigeonholed into roles and responsibilities that were had were so unrelated to my my actual job but it was something that like all of the women in the office did (laughs) um yeah like so that's my experience has been a lot of like like I'm passionate about like discipleship and leadership and um helping things move forward but in that particular situation in that particular um job that I had like I I was pushed back quite a bit and like hey you are just here like all of the women here are like working in this particular area or given these specific um responsibilities i'm being kind of vague um but it was really like that season for me was like i what is my place in the kingdom like i have so much Mm. more to offer and i i don't want it to be like i don't i don't i believe that like men and women were created to operate equally in the kingdom i don't want it to be like women over men or men over women i just want to be able to use the gifts that i have and so that was one of my bigger experiences of like what did i just get pigeonholed into like this is not this is not it and and it was after i left that job it was after i moved on to another nonprofit um because that's all i've been in just the the ways that I was leaned into there, the ways that I was able to use gifts and, and passions there that I was probably never going to use at the the other position that I had. That's when I finally began to realize like, okay, these gifts that I have and these passions that I carry, these desires that I carry, they're good. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're useful. Like they're not meant to be kind of like shoved down. They're meant to be used here in the kingdom now. I just, I needed to get out of the other environment yeah. um, to step into a team that was like, hey, no, we see this in you and we want you to show up with it. Um, and it took it took a while for me to actually show up with that because you kind of learn like. Yes, you uh, put your own. Yeah. Yeah. You, in, a, in a sense, like not survival, but like you learn like, I mean, kind of a sense of like, okay, if I'm going to survive here at this job, like I need mm-hmm. to push this down. But then if you go to a different place or a different whatever it is, um, you actually get to use those gifts. It takes a minute to like actually use them fully and and well. That was like, I think the Lord used those experiences so big in my life. And and just like what we were talking about with Mary and Martha and just other other stories like that in scripture where Jesus 100% like leaned into the women around him and 100% just just tore down those barriers and those walls that they were up against, man, that is what gave me permission then to like actually use the gifts and and abilities that I feel like God has given me. Yeah, so good. I love the scripture where it talks about he doesn't waste anything, right? Like he turns everything for his good. So even that experience at the not so great nonprofit that honestly was probably from their own bias and like their personal view of things that he used that as an experience where you felt pigeonholed to go to a job where you now feel freedom to operate in your giftings to actually use that experience to share it for other women. Like this is, isn't he so good that that time probably sucked for you. However, (laughs) he is using it to hopefully bring freedom to other women today because of that experience. And like you get 
to give that permission to other women and be like, Hey, I know you, I see you. I was you. I feel that, but that's not what God has for you. God actually has. I don't believe that God would give us good gifts and good talents and passions and not want us to use them for the kingdom. We get to equip and encourage women to do that. There's a reason you like sewing. Yes, you could join a sewing club. That is the most random example. But Or you could sew blankets for homeless children in Africa to glorify the kingdom. I don't know. That was random. But you know what I mean? Like Even mm-hmm. those little passions that don't feel big, that they're just hobbies, those can all be used for the kingdom and for his good and for his glory. Totally. I 100% because I like just like how we talked about at the beginning of this that we're we're supposed to bring all of our story right and Mm -hmm. there's messy parts of our story and there's parts that we want to forget and there's parts that we're like celebrate this with me it's amazing um I think that just in our in our lives too there's like these things big things that we're really passionate about and then there's these little hobbies that we're like I don't know but God uses all of that and he wants to use all of that for his kingdom for his glory and just I don't know, just for his delight and our delight as well. So I love what you said. Um, You know, like whatever it is, like whatever you carry, let's stop ranking it and saying like, this is the spiritual and that is the unimportant, you know, like, because I think in the kingdom, man, if it's a gift or a passion God's given us, like, I don't think we can rank it that much. (laughs) No, and because it's a part of us. My hobbies are a part of what make me me. And so, mm-hmm. and he wants all of me, right? He wants, he also, like, not in a prosperity way, but he wants us to enjoy things. He wants us to delight in him first and foremost, but then delight in sewing. I don't know why sewing, but, you know, <laughs> and so, yeah, we're not ranking like, oh, I'm sewing blankets for Africa versus I'm preaching the gospel on a podcast. That's, who cares? You are doing, you are stewarding your talents and your giftings well and doing it for the kingdom. And so, but then there's also the other side of that where we don't, we separate, like, this is my Jesus stuff. Mm-hmm. This is my, my like business and life and whatever, when really he wants all of it. He wants, it's so much, honestly, it's so much easier when yeah. Jesus permeates all of it business, your hobby, your Jesus thing, all the things. He's just in all of it because that's who he is. And you've surrendered it all to him. And then he's kind of like, Hey, look what I can do with this. We don't have to, to categorize. And I think you're so right that it is, it's so much easier and so much harder when we finally like let the Lord be in every part of our life. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than just like, this one area or like maybe this this. other area too, but like not at all. It's like easier because you're not trying to like be a couple different people. Um, cause that's also exhausting and we're in a couple different like masks almost, but it is, it also is so hard to like really Mm -hmm. let him be in every part of our life and to just have control there. Like even, so even in this topic of like being a woman in the kingdom of God, like there as like women in the kingdom of God, as people in the kingdom of God, like we do have to let them have every part of our heart and every part of our, our life, our, our every day. But it is so hard when we do actually surrender it to him because who's to say where he's going to lead us? Who's yeah. to say what he's going to say? Like, Hey, will you say yes in this moment? Will you follow me? Jesus said to take up your cross. <laughs> and like that is for men and women, you know, and 
and it is tough, but it's so much better than like just giving little slivers or maybe like bigger chunks, but not everything. I certainly don't have it figured out, but I'm trying no. constantly no. becoming. Yes. It's a process. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a daily also surrendering and dying <laughs> to the flesh. Okay. So if I'm listening, I'm like, yes, Kate, I want to do that. You already said, we talked about Mary and Martha a little bit and we need to meet with Jesus, right? Daily. You were just talking about, we need to surrender. What best advice would you give for the woman who's like, this sounds so good, but how do I do it? Like, what am I, what do I do? Yeah. Well, I mean, man, first, like what you just said, first and foremost, like be with Jesus, let him speak into that. I think one of the one of the things that I try to do and I like try to encourage other people to do is just to also dream a little bit with God, like dream a little bit with him to ask like, God, you've given me a unique story, a unique set of gifts and abilities and even like situation. Like I don't have kids. You do like, so our situations are very different. And so God's given that to you and, and there's something else that he has for me. So what does God, like, what do you want to do father with all the things you've given me, what could we do together? And just spend a little bit of time like asking those questions and sitting with them and and not putting limits right away. Because I think sometimes we're like, okay, be it, like I can't do like that. Like I can't yeah. like, okay, that's like too big or like too small or whatever it is. Like we like to like, nah, I can't do that. But like not put limits on it or not like immediately squash it. But like let yourself dream a little bit with the father. Let yourself ask those questions and and see where they take you. And then, man, I think that like the next step after that, one of the things that we talk about a lot in our book and my friend and I, who I wrote it together, we talk about all the time is he just wants your yes. He just wants your yes in the next moment. So like, man, if God has called me to today to like call, give a call to one of the women in the neighborhood who's maybe like, he wants me to reach out to like, that's something small, but like. He just wants my yes in that moment. And and I just have to say yes. Like whether or not I have the courage for it or if I feel equipped for it. It's really funny that you mentioned sewing because I lead a sewing group for women here. Stop it. And I don't know how to sew. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I literally am learning it every single time we have this sewing group. And we've had it for two and a half years. And I am terrible at it. Terrible. It's not my thing. <laughs> So even if you don't feel equipped, like, man, just say yes and trust that like that the things you need are going to come, even if they don't come like you think they're going to. Like maybe it's two and a half years later and you're still leading a sewing group that you don't know how to lead. But just just say yes to him and just try to take whatever little step you can. What a great example, though. Like you said yes to a sewing group, even though you literally don't know how to sew. So that is the definition of not feeling equipped. And yet you're doing it. And I bet you the women don't care that you don't know how to sew. They're probably teaching you. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, they um, they teach me more than I teach them. Unless we have somebody that's never sewn before in her life. And then I can do the easiest sewing projects with her. No problem. Yeah, you're like, watch me work. Watch me. Straight line. Did it. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm going to add a tiny bit because we talked talked about this a little bit. I'm going to add a, a part B to that in that also to line up your limitations, the things people have told you, the things you've heard, maybe your preconceived notions of women's role with scripture because mm-hmm. 
God does not go against scripture, right? And so if someone's telling you, you can't disciple women, then line up with scripture and scripture will tell you that you can, right? Or if someone's telling you that you're not good enough, line up with scripture and scripture will tell you you are because Christ that lives inside of you, right? So use whatever preconceived notions, whatever bias, whatever someone's telling you or the world or whatever, I don't care, all of it. Line it up with the scripture of God and find out the truth and seek his face on that because don't get it twisted that the enemy also won't see that you're hesitating and be like, hey, Kate, you suck at sewing. Don't start the sewing group. And how easy it would probably be for Kate to be like, okay, I won't. Instead, she had given her God, given God her yes and surrendered it to her. That's good. That's a great part B. (laughs) Honestly. Tell people where we can find you. I'll post the links below, but where can the Abundant Women Collective come say hi and buy your book and say, hello, I want to join your sewing group. So sorry. You can always join our sewing group. You get a lot of Afghani women, people from Pakistan. It'd be a great time. Um, So um, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube um, at Kate Berkey under all of those. And I think Facebook, though, it might be Kate Berkey Writes. I'm not quite sure. You can also get in touch at kateberkey.com or purchase the book at a place called braverly.com or just wherever books are sold online. Thank you so much for coming on and for this conversation. And just thank you. It was so good. Yeah, thank you so much. I had so much fun. I hope that the listeners did too. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.